This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What up, what up? Pretty good week. Let's it talk had, about it. It has been, Caps fans, it's been a very great week for the Washington Capitals, but, you know, as always, this is our Monday episode, so we'll be talking about the league news, suspensions, everything else. So if you're a new listener, thank you for joining, and we hope that you stick around. If you're an OG, love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. And... I guess with that, you know, we've got a lot of cover. Uh, I've kind of got a bit of a tirade to kind of, it kind of goes off on some league news stuff. And then I know, Polly, that you've got some things that you want to talk about. Um, and then, of course, we get to kind of revel in the, the love that is the Washington Capitals as of recent. What about, uh, so, sorry. So I've, I'm, I'm into the bullet, but I think we should pop some tabs. What do you think? Yeah, let's get it cracking. One. Two, three. So that Polly, should be Seattle's uh, hashtag. Let's get it cracking. Paul, you can't be saying that. You never time for time we say this shit like that. The next like week or two, it becomes a thing. I really do yeah. think that the NHL is just hounding us with. They're just waiting. They're like, you know, these guys are are too radical and too good to bring them on and pay the millions. Uh, we're just going to steal their ideas. I completely believe every word of that, and I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> well, I've been drinking bourbon um, and beer all night. So we had a – on a Thursday's episode featured Nick Horwat, where we um, recorded that right after the absolute ass-whooping the Caps put on the Pittsburgh Penguins. So on Thursday, look forward to that. It's just kind of like a little bit of, you know, if you, even if the Caps have a bad week, if you're having a bad week, I mean, it'll be a good thing. We got we did not pull any punches as we uh, we never do with the Tip of the Iceberg Boys, which you should check them out anyways, honestly. Uh, know Thy Enemy, I think there's something that was in the Bible or something, right, Polly? Is that rest um, It's some kind of ancient wisdom. Yeah, so Know Thy Enemy. Uh, check out the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Thank you, Nick Horwat, for always being such a great sport. And Berlansky, who's also named Nick, was unable to join because it's even better. He was actually there because he lives in D.C. now. He was there to fucking watch this amazing uh, display of hockey go on in front of his eyes and watch his own team just literally eat shit um, and get absolutely waffle stomped. Now, I would say that I would love, love to see a shutout from Vanacek, but as we know, that never happens uh, he does not. Yeah, like he shutouts. hates shutouts. Yeah, right. Um, that would help my fantasy team because uh, he's my horse. Um, but Polly, I know that you've just recently reacquired your 100% authentic Washington Capitals away jersey, which white looks good on you, bro. It's very Thank thinny. You. I, I, think... I, you know, I think you look thinner. Maybe I don't know. Mm, yeah, we won't <laughs> go that far. But I do. I do like the way it looks. I. I was a little hesitant to buy white because yeah. it just like red is just like such a solid choice. But yeah, um, and you're I a think slob. I talked about you know, I, you're a slob. I'm a slob. I would fuck that yeah. jersey up in a, in about uh, one taco. One taco would be done. Yeah, it would just take like French fries for me. 
But, you know, I, I think I said this before on the pod. You know, as you can see, this has the, the Stanley Cup patch on it. And I yeah. bought it through NHL.com. It's Fanatics. And it came without this C. And uh, I was... And it is an Ovechkin jersey. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ovi's jersey. And I was kind of like, well, I mean, he's the captain for the Cup. He's been the captain for like 10 years. <laughs> Why would they sell an Ovi jersey without the C? So I reached out to him. And they didn't really offer me any solutions or anything. They kind of just said, oh, we're sorry about that. But this package of the Stanley Cup pack, uh, patches, those jerseys don't come with the letters on them. So they'll put, they'll put the names on them, but they won't, for three jerseys, put a C and an A. So I don't know. I. I didn't, I didn't fight it or anything, and I actually went to a, a local tailor. Uh, her name's Bev. Shout out, Bev. Um, Shout out, I Bev. think it looks pretty good. It does. Very nice. It looks very yeah. stock, if you will. So Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I found the patch on eBay, I think. Um, cool. And, and in addition to that, I have an old Avalanche jersey from, like, the um, – it was when they kind of changed from that, like, redder – to the more like burgundy that they have now. Mm-hmm. So I think like in the two, like the year 2000, maybe they, they rebranded it a tiny bit and it had nothing on it. And I got a, a wall um, number kit and she put that on there. The, the, the sleeves, the name kit, the back, everything. It looks, it looks like I bought it, you know, on NHL.com. It's, it's beautiful. So anyone out there, if you, uh, have something about a jersey you want to change or you don't like if you find the right stuff and you find the right tailor you can make it look good and you don't have to buy a whole new jersey absolutely good stuff uh way to be uh resourceful there um and this this is the how awesome would it have been if you could get your hands on one of those the the foot logo from the avalanche you remember that the big it's it's on the sleeve of those jerseys okay yeah so it is the foot jersey yeah yeah that's so I, I had considered maybe putting like a McKinnon on it or something, but since he's been on the team, they've changed the design and the secondary logo has changed to the Colorado C. Right. So it would have been unique. It would have been probably one of a kind, but it would have just been like, I don't know, something about making it obvious that it was custom didn't sit right with me. It wasn't historically accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um. All right. Well. Hey. There you go. Uh, Capstones. There's a little inside track on on how to modify your jerseys. That uh, Polly is wearing an authentic. And I, I mean, yeah, that white pops, man. I like it. Yeah. Thanks. Me too. Um. So let's get right into league news here. You know, and we're gonna kind of start on a downer. Uh. So the shit bums in Pittsburgh really kind of like dodged a bullet on this scald, or I don't know if it's scaldy. Uh, sexual assault case. They avoided going to court with a settlement, you know, and, and just as background, if you, if you didn't hear about this, because I'm sure that the Chicago timeline is an unfortunate event there has been really overshadowing a lot of this, but even before the, the Chicago story broke, this broke and it involved Clark Donatelli uh, in November, 2020, Jared and Aaron Scald or a Filed suit against the Penguins, alleging that Clark Donatelli, the coach of the Wilkes-Barre Penguins, uh, the Penguins NHL, 
or AHL affiliate, sexually assaulted Aaron in the back of the car in 2018 on a road trip in Rhode Island. Uh, so this has been like uh, basically an away game. Uh, when they reported it internally, Bill Guerin, who is GM of the, of the Wilkes-Barre Penguins, told them to keep quiet, is what they're alleging. <clears throat> um, in June of 2019 is when they claimed Jared made them aware of the situation. That's the Baby Pens and the Penguins generate or Penguins um, organization at large. And soon after, Donatelli was was you know he was out on his ass. They they fired him. They let him go. Scotty claims he was fired from the organization in 2020 because of a because uh, of his complaint. Even though he coached an additional year after the incident was supposedly handled, Penguins maintain that it was because of COVID. The settlement and why we're hearing about it. Uh, happened because Aaron Scalding apparently pressured uh, the Penguins team, legal team, by threatening to schedule a press conference or had a press conference scheduled detailing her filing of another lawsuit, so a secondary lawsuit, calling out the Penguins, Donatelli, Garen, Lemieux, and Burkle, uh, and this was going to be filed in Rhode Island. This was hastily postponed when a second woman detailing a similar assault with Donatelli retained the same law firm as the Scaldis. So kind of a lot of things to go go over there, but really like what happened was there wasn't a acceptable uh, timeline that the Scaldis were happy with, apparently. And they're like, well, we're just going to file suit. And, and this is, again, I don't know this for a fact, but this is kind of what it looks like, the optics of it, is that they were trying to get some results. They said, that we're going to have a press conference, we're going to file again in Rhode Island, and we're going to call all your golden boys out on this. Uh, the second suit ended up not being filed because they reached a settlement, and uh, that's kind of where it died, because they came to a settlement. So at that point, they dropped charges, and it was settled out of court. Uh, my take here, uh, Hockey Trolls' take, is there are multiple things at play here. You know, Hockey's golden boys are going to get poked. Garen, Mario, the Penguins. Another lawsuit means more shit to deal with by the Penguins. So if they filed in Rhode Island, they would have had to retain lawyers and do all the stuff in Rhode Island. So they came to the table with hush money, really, is what it seems like. Um, this keeps Mario clean. And now Garen can go on to GM the U.S. Olympic team, which is what he was slated for. Luckily, the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, which is kind of like uh, what it's like the background check that you have to do to coach kids. That's one of the many facets that they do, but it's all about keeping sports safe in the United States. And they're heavily partnered with USA Hockey. Uh, his open investigation around Garen and his handling of the situation, uh, that is still underway. And, and they're really kind of like, why? Did these accusations come through? Why did it take so long for you? Did you really say, like, keep it quiet and we'll handle it internally? Um, that's kind of the big the big questions that I think that they're trying to answer. Um, and I'd also like to call it, this is kind of like, you know, so, so, you know, this is unfortunately par for the course, Polly, right? Like, you said a lot of core for these things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've been hearing about this stuff a lot. And uh, as we touched on over the summer, um, this is not new to certain people within the organization. 
Right. So, you know, I'd like to call out that this is familiar territory, unfortunately, for one of the on-ice hockey greats, Mario Lemieux. I mean, the dude was implicated in the rape of a 19-year-old girl in Minnesota. He was allegedly in the same room when Dan Quinn raped this woman. Uh, And, you know, that got kind of tossed out because they couldn't allege whether or they couldn't confirm whether the woman was actually raped, even though that she kind of came to the authorities and said she was Rick topic, uh, Rick Tockett an absolute bore of an announcer. Bob Airy were also implicated. They were all played at the same time. Um, Dan Quinn at this point was a in management, I think for the North stars. Uh, he was involved in the organization. He wasn't a player at this time. Charges on Quinn were never filed because the cops couldn't figure out if it was consensual or not. I mean, that's a big, what the fuck? What do you mean? Like it's, it's a, uh, obviously this was in the nineties, so things were different. And here's, here's the damning evidence and that did actually happen to top it all off. All three players filed to have the details of the report sealed barring, and this is a Minnesota law, barring the cops from sharing any of the details around the arrest. This stopped the press from getting into it. And when it happened, uh, it saved them a lawsuit from the victim who was exploring, uh, pursuing civil charges. Clearly, they had something to hide, to say the least, I'd say. Um, yeah. You know, and this happened in 92 and 93. So, basically, they hushed it. They were able to hush it for about a year or so until it blew over uh, and was out of the public eye. It was affirmed that freezing out of the press and the victims and the police reports was legal uh, after appeal. And eventually, the Supreme Court of Minnesota overturned this decision a couple of years after the incident in 1994. So... They gummed up the works enough with this and appeals and things like that to keep it out of the media eye or the mainstream eye. Um, also, you know, so so that's one thing. It's, you know, kind of the one thing in, in Mario's early career. Um, and then, you know, Mario Lemieux is the same guy who signed Billy Tibbetts, who raped an unconscious 15-year-old girl and was convicted and praised him for his great work and comeback afterwards. This is an organization that also signed, you know, more recently Casey Smith, who beat and spit on a girl at the University of New Hampshire, which resulted in probation and being cut from the team. This is Casey Smith. This is the guy that literally played in Ottawa a couple days ago. Um, it fucking stinks. I mean, this is a, it's a, a smelly situation, to say the least. And all of these players, you know, in light of what is going on right now in hockey, you know, I'm not, I'm not happy to report this. You know, I hate the fucking Penguins. Is more than any sports team that I can think of, but you know, I just this is somewhat indicative of of the larger problem that kind of is is plaguing hockey right now. Uh, the if you're a winner, if you're good at hockey, and this isn't just a I wouldn't say hockey in general, but if you're good at sports or if you're good at something, even I mean, we see this all over, and um, you know, just just kind of a sad thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it shows that there's um, <clears throat> it's a there's a pattern. This isn't something that you can just um, you can't look at the the Blackhawk situation or any of these things that you just mentioned and say, you know, it just is a bad thing that happened and it doesn't happen more than once because it does. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say that 
the NHL with hockey for everyone and trying to be inclusive. If you really look into it, not to be like conspiracy theorist, theorist or anything. I mean, this is hard fact. This is something that I actually put like research into and, and when it happened and, and redid it again for this episode. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's sad to see uh, a sport that I love so dearly and, and that I know a lot of other people are, are in the same boat. Uh, this should be disgusting to you. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, and I would be so, so heartbroken if this, if this type of story came out, if it was like Ovechkin and Backstrom or, or like, you know, the boys in Washington, you know, I would be like, you know, these guys who I look up to honestly is an adult man, <laughs> you know, yeah. who have done this. I mean, I, I would have a really hard time still following the team to be completely honest. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. It's, um, you know, you, you wouldn't put up with this from the average Joe. So, you know, why would you put up with it and turn a blind eye just because they score goals? Right. Absolutely. So right now it looks like the Penguins have dodged a bullet. And if Bill Guerin comes out clean, you may see him uh, involved in a very big way in the U.S. hockey program in the literal biggest way in which the nation can be involved in hockey. And, you know, Bill Guerin, like Patrick Kane, is going down as and is already – kind of instilled himself in one of being one of the best players in USA history, USA hockey history. And, you know, same with Patrick Kane. I mean, this is Patrick Kane's a guy who beat up a taxi driver for 35 cents. And then also, uh, you know, had these multiple sexual allegations of sexual assault against him. So, and then with all this whole thing, I mean, with the Chicago locker room and being implicated in, um, Kyle Kyle Beach or Kyle Beach's story. So it's just shit. It sucks, man. It sucks to see your sport that you love uh, be under this. And I I truly think that that really. I mean, me as a lifelong hockey player, uh, I I think that and player and fan, I think that uh, they should be held accountable. Like no matter what damage it does to the fucking NHL, you know. Yeah, I think it does more damage not disciplining people, not having them pay their due, than it does to cover it up and then it come out. Yeah, and I think that the NHL, like the higher-ups in the NHL, really need to learn that. I think that the majority of NHL fans would have rather seen everybody involved be cold from the NHL and incredibly vicious and and, and violent way than anything else uh, in that sense. So, like, I would, I think that the, the everybody implicated in the Chicago Blackhawks thing should be done with hockey, at least in the public eye, should never get paid to do hockey stuff again. And I know that sucks because, you know, we, on this podcast, we're like, we're so into USA hockey. I mean, we've said it's our most rampant and, and ridiculous form of patriotism is USA hockey. And that's incredibly true. I mean, that's the women's team. That's the men's team. That's world juniors. We love USA hockey. But I don't give a fuck if USA hockey has to 
be in like group zero for the next decade if it if it comes to this you know i don't care if the usa isn't even in consideration i don't care if the usa doesn't qualify for the next three olympics if this gets handled properly to be completely honest i don't know probably you may be different but what's your thoughts oh no i mean i uh i like to see them win but um i don't like it more than uh or I don't I don't like it enough that it should be at the price of covering up sexual assault. Yeah, no matter um, who's involved. Yeah, and you know the U.S. gymnastics has been going through this the last couple of years, and uh, yeah, I just think report it and get these people out of here so that the athletes can be safe and you know the fans can have something to be proud of and not have this black mark on any success that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't think disappointment is the right word for how it was handled. Um, somewhat like I feel embarrassed and shame, like just by thinking about how hockey can not be considered because it's to me the sport itself no humans involved is the best sport in the world um i think that the people who play it should also be held to that standard some people might say well you know there, there are different people on and off the ice and all this stuff and you're absolutely right that's true you can't go through your your day-to-day life scoring goals on people in the supermarket and saying fuck yeah give me these groceries for free um you know, if that was the case, I would at least be throwing a couple hip checks to steal some groceries and get off right. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. but I, I um, just fucking give your fucking head a shake on this one, uh, hockey fans. It sucks, it really does. But you know, I mean, I guess in the Scaldes uh, situation, they're going to be properly con- uh, compensated. But I kind of wish that uh that money didn't talk so loud yeah <clears throat> uh all i can say is yeah i mean i agree yeah all right well <clears throat> we're just a little shitty podcast talking about the washington capitals and whatnot so we don't we'll get off our pedestal here but uh or off our soapbox i guess um you know Moving on, uh, Bob Murray did resign. He's the GM, I believe, of the Anaheim Ducks. Is that right, Polly? Yeah, and the executive VP. Okay. Uh, he was he resigned Wednesday following an investigation for his professional conduct. I'm sure you've caught some tweets about how he's a big asshole and stuff. But, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people in hockey that are big assholes. And, <laughs> you know, were they terrible people who had problems? Probably, but not like this level. Uh, he actually enrolled himself in a program for alcohol abuse, so hopefully he can figure some stuff out. Uh, yeah. But yeah, moving on, some positive news, and this is really cool, I think. Againla, Doug Wilson, Kevin Lent, Kim St. Pierre, and Marion Hosa, and Ken Holland as a builder are getting inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. 
Hosa and Aginla were both first ballot inductees, and Aginla is definitely a shoe in with 1,300 points, 625 goals. You look at the other first ballot guys, I don't see how, and, and we had this, and, and this is how fucked up it is, you know, I guess we're we're definitely on our, our, our we're still somewhat like one foot hmm. on the, the soapbox here, but Jesus fuck. I mean, you look at this and, and it's, um, how is Aginla even questionable to be a first round ballot Hall of Famer? I don't understand that. Do you, Polly? No, I mean, he's a legend. Yeah, and I mean, think about all the things that he did as, like, one of the first uh, black people that to, to go on and, like, do all this stuff. Or black person, right? Uh, he's, I, I, you know, I have so many things that I respect about Jerome McGinley's game. Amazing, like, great playmaker, awesome hockey player, could bury, and then would just be like, uh, you want to talk shit? I'll fucking feed you. Knuckle Sanders yeah. all day long. I mean... There's just iconic pictures of Aginla just coming down with just blood all over his face, just like going, getting patched up and just coming out and like banging home some goals. Like, I love it. Uh, it's definitely, you know, one of the quotes that I was reading when, when I was doing the research for this, this, uh, this bit was that like Jerome Aginla didn't just like fight begrudgingly. He fought because he liked it. Like he fucking yeah. liked, and I mean, you look at the way some of his tillies were like underrated as fuck. If you look at it, I mean, the dude would throw knuckles and, and take some and eat some shots and just be like, yeah, whatever. This is fun. It's just as fun as it's, it looked like at least that he thought it was just as fun as, is playing hockey. Yeah, I mean, he, the dude was an animal. Yeah. He did it all. And it's, and it's, really rare to see a guy with 1300 points. And I mean, first of all, 1300 points, 625 goals. How round are those numbers? I mean, they're just perfect. Uh, I like it. I like it. And, uh, you know, moving on, I mean, LA and here's, here's the last pick of a little bit of cheese that we're going to end in the league news with. But uh, first of all, congratulations to to all those all those hockey legends that are going to be into the Hall of Fame and, and going to be immortalized here. Uh, Ken Holland, you know, real longtime GM. I feel like that's deserving. Hosa, I think that he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, if you're going to put in Hosa first first ballot Hall of Famer, I mean, I feel like he's not even in the same league as Aginla. No, he's not. He's a great player. Hosa's a, a really good player, and I respect Hosa as well. But I mean, I don't think he can hold even a fucking candle to to Jerome McGinley in that era as well, right? Um, L.A. though, I, and moving on, you know, just something that caught my eye on on the NHL news stream. L.A. may be the best town to play hockey in from a fame fame standpoint. So, like for the Kings, you know, they had Snoop Dogg uh, celebrating or. Snoop Dogg, uh, oh, we've got a comment real quick. Uh, Liz Rittenhouse Henry, you know this, you know this lady, Paul? Yeah, she's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, I know her. I I mean, you can deny knowing her if you want. I wouldn't blame you, but I mean, I, I, uh, I know her well enough that I live with her, so (laughs) and married her. Uh, yeah, she asked why you look so miserable. Uh, I think it's because I'm tired. Oh, that's. And we were we were when she commented we were we were covering a very 
unpleasant subject. That's true. Way to be yeah. incredibly insensitive, Liz. Um, but well, to, in her defense, she probably wasn't actually listening to us talk. <laughs> Again, I don't blame her for that. Um, yeah, <laughs> she has to deal with us enough on a personal level. That's true. That's true. Um, but let's let's wrap up this league news. It's a, we've kind of gone on our we've been on soapbox. We generally don't do that if you're listening for the first time. But we, we do feel like the things that we're covering are, are important in this sense. And you know, who are we? Just a couple fans of hockey. But uh, obviously, hockey's had a deep enough impact on our lives that we feel it's we can use this platform, which we have been literally gifted by you, the viewers and, and listeners. So. On a positive note, let's just talk about L.A. and Snoop Dogg, okay? Okay. They have Snoop Dogg there. So Snoop comes out. It's like 90s night, which is crazy to me that, like, he's been pigeonholed into the 90s. Like, how do not how, – how do young people not, like, respect Snoop Dogg? Um, and, and, you know, based on L.A., like, do you remember – how crazy that celebration was when LA won. I think it was their second or f- second cup. I mean, I remember like the, there was like a super, like a model or somebody in high heels on the ice in the background where like Dustin Brown was doing his like, Oh my God, this is an amazing interview. Like after he won and she just biffed it so hard and didn't even get her hands out. Just like ate a face full of ice. Do you remember this? I don't. Oh, you gotta like look that up, man. You gotta look that up. It's it's incredible. There and I mean, this is like a you know a blonde woman in a like a mini skirt dress, like in high heels, walking on the ice as she's like trying to like make her way across center ice. As everybody, as the interview is going on, it's kind of died down a little bit. It just eats a mouthful of ice. Um, but honestly, back to Snoop Dogg, I sure don't give two fucks about what Snoop Dogg knows about hockey. He got in the booth uh, with the L.A. announcers for like a whole period, I think. Uh, I'd listen to him announce a hockey every every game, every single game. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't have Joe B. in locker, of course. Uh, I think that the uh, announcers had him on for about a whole period. I mean, it was just so good. He was like, quick, get that out of there. Get that. I mean, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to try to like <laughs> do that, but. Uh, Snoop's been really cool about partnering with the, the LA Kings and, and, you know, hockey is such a community based sport because it has to have grassroots levels. If you don't like, there's no way that like hockey survives even at the professional level by just starting a team. They have to have like people, a part of the community who are willing to like take part, which I feel is unlike football. You stand up a, a pro football. If you stand up an NFL team in literally any of the 50 states, you could stand up a, a pro team in, in Alaska and people would be so pumped about it. If you did that in hockey, you'd, just, you'd have to have so much PR work done to get the local community into it. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I think what really helps hockey is that, uh, or NHL success is when there's involvement with like the youth and stuff. Cause then the kids get excited. The parents get into it. And uh, it, it just kind of takes that because football is just so ingrained that people are already watching it. Um, yeah. And I mean, you, you have go, a, Paul, you have like a really good example. You are an example of that, right? Like 
when the Nailers came to Wheeling, hockey was not thought about, right? I mean, tell your story a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, um, as far as I know, Wheeling had a very small hockey pro- uh, presence before the Thunderbirds came here in 92. Uh, maybe it was 91, but, um, you know, and they eventually became the Nailers. But since they've been here for the last 30 years, you know, they've they've grown the local hockey base and there's there's a travel for almost every age level, sometimes two teams. And the, the high schools have teams, the colleges at different points have had club teams. I mean, that's you know, a microcosm of, of what has happened in NHL. You know, I, I've heard uh, talk about how the guys sticking around after they retire in Arizona has helped build the game. And, you know, if the Coyotes had never moved to Arizona, Austin Matthews probably wouldn't be a thing. Right. Or, you know, maybe, maybe he wouldn't. He probably still would have been a good hockey player, but he probably wouldn't have grown to what he is now because it, it starts on the grassroots. Yeah. And I mean, your family was super into football, but then the nailers came around and your family like hopped on that and were like super into hockey because they liked this. They, they actually like, Oh, this seems like something. Why, why not? Why not try it? Went to a couple hockey games and then they were hooked, right? I mean, and then they got you into hockey. That yeah, was a football if, family. If, you were a football family, right? If it weren't for us getting a, a pro team here, I don't know if anyone in my family would have played hockey. Yeah. So, you know, and, and how much you've given back. I mean, you started a, a club's team at a local college. Like, you know, the, the crazy domino effect that happens. And, and it's, it's the reason I'm honing in on this is because Ken Dryden's book talks about like the expansion years of the NHL in the, in the late sixties and early seventies, how there was a time where the NHL saw that the NFL was having a ton of great success by expansion at this time. Like they were trying to like build on that playbook. But the problem was, is that everybody in America knew what American football was, right? Like at this time mm-hmm. in the '60s, even I mean, every America's team was like what the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Cowboys, yeah, the Cowboys, right? And then yeah, so the the Cowboys, and then and everybody saw the Cowboys, and that was like America's team right back in the day because that was like cable syndication and things when things were like coming to a point where technology was able to like feed this to across from West Coast to East Coast. Thing with hockey was though when when it started to grow and you see it today when you when you have blackouts and you have things like that and you know I think that you know side note I think TNT and the ESPN partnership has been amazing because I can catch most cap ga- caps games because I'm out of market right now mm-hmm. and that's amazing for me. Um, so you look at it and and how cable and and things were were developed. Hockey didn't have that same luxury. They needed a community that was already ready. And and you're seeing that again in the expansion of Vegas and the expansion of Seattle. Believe it or not, there had to have been, you know, Vegas might have been a little bit of a different story because they were star for pro teams at that time. And the Vegas Knights were the first pro team to break into that market. But you look at Seattle, TJ Oshie's from Seattle. He played juniors and he developed in Seattle. Uh, so 
the grassroots are there and that's where hockey sees its biggest opportunity because it's not like a truly mainstream sport, even though it is like the very fourth of the big four. Right. So, yeah. And I, I think having someone like Snoop Dogg is definitely a way to attract new fans in addition to the grassroots effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and you know, Snoop Dogg's into it just high as shit. <laughs> commenting yeah. on hockey. I fucking loved it, man. It was, it was good shit. I, I it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. If we didn't have Joe and locker, that's all. Yeah. But you know, put him in Boston, get rid of Jack Adams there or whatever the fuck his name is. That fucking idiot announcer. They have probably the short shift boys. They know more about it, but, um, hilarious stuff. Um, all right. We've really gone off on a lot of tangents. Leo Komarov officially left the New York Islanders on uh, an Instagram post on Sunday after the forward signed with the SKA in the Continental, the KHL. This has, uh, this is his final season of the four year contract. He had 48 points in 164 games. I'm sure Grumpy Old Man and TJ are happy about that. Uh, Minority H- Hockey Club documentary, The Cannons Aims for an Inclusive Game, is a film that chronicles Fort DuPont. DuPont, I'm sorry, Fort DuPont, D.C., the longest-running such program in North America. I did not know that. Where'd you pull that from? NHL.com. No shit. I played in Fort DuPont. (sighs) Okay, so to get to Fort DuPont from Fairfax, Virginia, you had to roll through some places, and, you know, I've been a lot of places in my life, and by the time I was in high school, I'd still seen a lot of, like, areas of the world Fort DuPont was going through uh through DC that way was rough I mean you saw like a lot of boarded up townhouses every single car that was parked on the road had a club and the ones that didn't were like the bright red chromed out Corvettes and you're like what does that Corvette do here in this town it's probably drugs Probably sell drugs or you're like a big time gangster. You finally get to Fort DuPont and, you know, I'd hear all sorts of, you know, I worked at a pro shop too in Reston. Um, shout out Skate Quest, Reston Ice Arena. Um, you would see like, you would hear stories of like people's cars getting broken into in the parking lot and early morning games, you know, things like that. Uh, the rink itself is positioned right on the Chesapeake. I mean, it's an incredible location, um, but they've done an awesome job of getting all sorts of people of different backgrounds into the, into the game. So, I will be watching this one. Do you know yeah, when it's available? Too. Um, no, but I'll find out. All right, fair enough. While you find out. Just a quick rundown of injuries. Big one, Nathan McKinnon. He'll be out three weeks from the Colorado Avalanche with a lower body injury. He's injured in Columbus in uh, the 11-6. Eric Brandstrom, who had a pretty good game uh, against the Penguins, is out six to eight weeks with a broken hand, blocking a shot. Minnesota Wild, Alex Goligoski has been fined $5,000 for high-sticking the Seattle Kraken and Joe forward Jordan Eberle. Pittsburgh forward. Evan Rodriguez will be fined $2,500 for a dangerous trip against Ottawa, which is the game right before Sunday. So that would have been Saturday. Uh, Because I think they were back-to-back. 
Vancouver Canucks defenseman Tucker Pullman was suspended for two games. That'll pay for high sticking Colorado Avalanche forward Kiefer Sherwood. And Colorado Hurricanes defenseman Tony D'Angelo is defined $2,000 for diving like a little bitch. I don't feel bad. Um, <clears throat> the film actually just debuted uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, in the IFC That'd be Saturday. Center. Saturday the 14th. Yeah, in the IFC Center. Okay. Or Saturday um, the 13th, I'm sorry. So yeah, the, so you had to buy tickets for an online screening as well. Or the, okay. that was also an option. Is it going to be so, widely available? Um, I'm not seeing that. But I would assume that, you know... After they screen it for a little bit, it'll be out there. I hope so. I mean, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get a link, um, or whatever that may be. We are a little bit remiss. I mean, it's already been forty two minutes that we've been talking, yapping. Um, you know, these are important subjects, but we do have to pay the bills here. So, DraftKings Sportsbook, the NHL is underway. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if one, if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down one dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in or win a hundred in free bets. And if either team scores a goal this week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN. At DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, must be twenty-one or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Polly, perfect. <laughs> you want to talk about the Caps? Yeah, I think we should. All right, Caps fans, it's taken us long enough. Uh, it's going to be a long episode. Uh, Washington wraparound. Caps fans, are you excited about this about this season yet? The Caps are currently, as of today, after the absolute waffle stomping of the Pittsburgh Penguins, tied with Carolina for the, the first place stop, spot in the Metropolitan Division. This is big news. Um, I don't think that the world at large thought that this was going to happen. Now, I will say the Carolina Hurricanes have two games in hand on the Washington Capitals. But as of late, they have shown a little bit of humanity and come down to earth. They may drop a couple. In any case, I think this is really... I mean, this week, uh, and and you know, not to, not to bury the lead here, but... I was completely right. Polly. <laughs> Polly, I'm looking at you. Yeah, you went undefeated. I did. I said the Caps the would go undefeated time. this week. One time. 
Okay, yeah, you're right. I think this is the first time this whole this whole season that this has happened. But yeah, I mean, if you're gonna predict undefeated every week, it's gonna happen eventually. Okay, Paul, but this was like a four game week. I know it's big. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank. You. That's all I wanted, Paul. Just a little bit of recognition. Okay. All right. No, you got it. You deserve it. <laughs> Before we get into the games, Kuznetsov is in the works of reducing his sentence. Uh, and I feel uh, Kovalchuk, I guess, is like the head honcho over in Russia, trying to get him his reduced sentence. Uh, I believe it was eight years that he was not allowed to play in international play for testing positive for cocaine in 2019. Uh, the Russian mafia, I mean, the Russian national whatever organization in which they challenge these things is in the works of getting a sentence reduced and he may play in this next Olympics which is he served half his time was what it seems to me is that right Polly? I mean yeah it's been a couple years yeah I mean it's been two years it was cocaine it wasn't a true performance enhancing drugs at least to, to most uh in the sense of he didn't like gain muscle mass it wasn't hgh or steroids or anything like that but <laughs> so who knows in what way is it performance enhancing is cocaine performance enhancing i don't know uh, we'll leave that to your personal experience but uh who knows koozie might be on the russian olympic team this this olympics we'll see how it goes nicked out Gets paid $1.3 million a year for three years. It's a solid deal for him. This is a very new deal. This just happened. I I think there's been a lot of people, or some people, who might say that's too much for a fourth liner. But this is also a fourth liner who has one of the highest face-off percentages on the team. We're hurt. He's ready for a contract. He's paid his dues with the Capitals. And... I don't even think this is, this isn't even like Jay Beagle-esque who, you know, I'm wearing him right now. I'm wearing 83 right now. This is not like a situation like that. This is what you do when you have a fourth liner on your team for more than three or four years. They're up for a contract. Their contracts are always short term. He's a quote unquote replacement level player. Uh, right now he's on the shelf. He's injured. But I think the Capitals have shown a lot of, uh, Faith in him, and I don't think 1.3 in two years, one year, is going to be too much for the Caps to handle as a fourth line center. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, 1.3 a year, three years, that that brings him to 2024-ish. What do you think, Polly? Overpay, underpay? Uh, as a Caps fan, I'm very comfortable with this. I I think he deserves it. Um, when you look at 82 million for 20 to 25 guys. A guy getting 1.3 for consistent, solid defensive and face-off play. I think he definitely deserves this money. And if you think it's an overpay, um, I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> 
I would agree. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a steal by the Caps by any means, you know, like league minimum. But I mean, you, you look at like under the under million players are all people on entry level contracts or rookies. So if you're going to play in the NHL, you would think that if you're going to be a long standing member of the team that you're making at least a million, right? So 1.3, yeah. you know, it's not a, it's a solid deal for him. Well deserved, well deserved, but it's not a steal for the Caps by any means. Uh, and when I say steal, you're saving like a f- couple hundred thousand dollars. Yay. Like, yeah, I mean, and there's a little bit of room here because Ovi took a, a little less than he could have gotten as did Backstrom. So, yeah, this is part of the reason that they didn't ask for that extra money. It's a great point, Paul. And, and on top of that, he's a center. You know, yeah, strength down the middle is important. Yeah, I mean, you've you've talked about that a lot on how that was the reason the Caps weren't getting cups, and you know, if if they want to get back to that, they got to keep the center position well stocked. Right, exactly, and you know, you you would love to say, I mean, the the, the thing is, I think that hockey fans maybe casual, maybe like even ones who are experienced, like may not understand that, like. Nick Dowd plays a very specific role on this team. He gets 10 to 12 minutes of ice time, and whenever he gets the puck, he keeps it away, the literal farthest away that he can from the goalie. You don't want a player like Connor McMichael, who may play center, or uh, LaPierre, to do that. You want them to like be able to flow and score goals. It's a completely different kind of initiative here. And Dowd, Dowder does his, his job very well. I don't mind it. You know, just like I don't mind Carl Hagelin or Garnet Hathaway, who has been absolutely lighting it up in the past couple games. So I love it. You know, I, I don't mind any, I don't, I don't mind this contract at all. If you're gonna, if you're gonna humbug the contract, you're just fucking nitpicking at this point in my eyes. Um, but let's move on. The game on Monday versus Buffalo. You know, at least twice in the first, the Caps controlled the puck in the offensive zone uh, for longer than a shift. It was a, it was a pretty dominant. I would say it was a, a dot. Even though the the we won five to three, I think that the Caps had control of the game most of the time. Would you? Would Absolutely. you agree with that? Paul? I mean, those, those, yeah, those couple times that you're talking about there. I mean, the the Caps were controlling the puck and cycling so well. It was like they were on a power play. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was it, it was just – it had to be so frustrating for Buffalo. And uh, it just – it was very fun to watch as a Caps fan. Absolutely. So, Ovi in this game scored 471. Wow. Uh, but, no, actually he didn't. It was Wilson. Later in the game, he does, though, and is tied with Brett Hall, the highest – Goal scoring American in league history, you know the Golden Brett. Love that guy. Love his love his celly in, in St. Louis as well. Oh but yeah. Ovi did have three points. McMichael had a career number two. Kuznetsov with three apples, and Wilson has a deuce in the in the goal column. I mean, spread the wealth, boys. I love it. This is really yeah. indicative of a strong team, you know, when when everybody is pulling on the rope and contributing. This is what won us a 2018 Cup. Uh, and this is going to be a pervasive theme for this whole week. 
McMichael is looking like he was better prepared for the NHL than we thought in the offseason. I'm happy to be wrong. Polly, what about you? Yeah, me too, man. I, I think he um, he's he's getting involved and he looks like he belongs. Yeah. So I I I, I know I was pulling a little bit for Lapierre coming into the season, right. um, but I think it was the right choice to stick with McMichael and let Lapierre spend another year developing. Yeah, and Lapierre ended up going back to juniors, so that means that the Caps on the business side didn't have to burn his first year of entry of entry level contract, which is good. Mm-hmm. It means next year we'll have Lapierre and McMichael for sure. He'll be either yeah. of them will be in Hershey. McMichael is really making a strong case for him to stay in the lineup and in as the, as a capital, but I feel that this is exactly how McClellan anticipated and wanted it to turn out and it's working out swimmingly uh mcmichael you know look i had a lot of criticism for him in the 10 minutes that i saw him in last year and in the ahl i didn't get to watch a lot but i did hear his stat line and you know it was a broken lost season this year he comes back he's he's heavier he is worked on his uh physicality and he is in the mix. He's he's done, I think, up to this point, a great job of being able to balance between do I make the hit and just goon it up and, and be the caps of two years ago? Or do I, you know, maybe just put a little bit of enough of a body, be strong enough to fend off the guy, but go after the puck. And this is something that I've seen this year is a pervasive kind of overarching change in the Washington Capitals is that they're not going and headhunting. They're, they're, we're, we're not get, just getting it in and banging. We're not just uh, reckless abandonment to the body. We're taking a lot of care of the puck. And I think that in these games, which we should win, that counts. You know, we, we're going to get into it in the Penguins, but this was not a physical game. It was, it was a less physical game than a lot of previous series and and other games that we've played. And I feel like that against Philly. I feel like that against, uh, you know, the West coast teams that we go out and play that like to bang. I don't think that I think that the and, and while I obviously loved watching that style of play, I don't think that it was always conducive to a win. I think that a lot of the times the guys were just pissed off and trying to hit when they were down and they were opening themselves up and putting themselves out of play. Uh, oftentimes that their target would recover back into the play a lot faster. Uh, what do you think there, Polly? Yeah. I mean, I, I love that style of play. It's so fun to watch, but I think what they're doing now is a recipe for success. I, they're, they're being smarter with it. They're, they're still laying the hits, uh, especially Orlov. Um, but oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're doing, they're making smart checks, you know, just separating the man from the puck, not trying to be goons. And uh, I just think that's better for success when you're not, uh, when you control your your emotions there, and you don't get caught up in the trying to make the highlight hit. Yeah, and I mean, look, those hits are great, but when you make those hits, you're both out of the play. Like the, you know, any good hockey coach will tell you, like, take that man out of the play. But I, I, I've heard so many times when I would make a big hit, you got to get it back into the play. 
you have you yeah. the whole point is to bring numbers the other way and then when you're caught deep in their zone hitting somebody behind their own goal it and the pucks going the other way you're both out of the play you're never going to get back involved um and with the way that athletes are in today's day and age it's no longer like okay well i'm going to bang this one guy so many times that he just like quits um you know the 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 broad street bullies um are are kind of far removed from from today's hockey so it's more about being strategic and tactical with your hits versus going for the big hit all the time and i think mcmichael has really done a good job of that and shown that yeah he's not afraid of physical contact and he's strong enough to fend it off but he's also got his head up and making some really really good plays um which is encouraging. We haven't seen young guys. I mean, I say this all every episode, I feel like. We haven't seen young guys in so long, man. Like, our, think about it, dude. Our last young guy of promise, to me, Tom Wilson. Yeah, it's been a minute. You know, we had Jonas Siegenthaler. Shipped him. Christian Juice. Shipped him. Chandler Stevenson. Shipped him. <laughs> you know? So the last like big guy that, that who's in the lineup today that we really know who was quote unquote young was Tommy St. Thomas himself. How crazy is that? I mean, that's pre cup era, it's like 2015. Yeah. It's about the end time. Right. So moving on to Thursday, Detroit, we win two nothing. We did not blow a lead this time for the L in OT. Uh, this is how the game should have gone the first time, but overall, to be honest, pretty boring game. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was kind of, you know, just whatever. Uh, one point of note was Fucale, Zach Fucale, who's had a really long struggle. Uh, he's like a twenty-something-year-old, twenty-six-year-old or something rookie this year. Had a shutout. First game in the NHL. Gets a shutout against Detroit. Orlov with a game-winning goal assisted by Kuzinovi. Love the Russian connection. Doing it. Doing it big. Lynchpin to the Stanley Cup. Lars Eller netted his first of the season. Assisted by Jensen. Jensen, who's a defenseman who has, I think, been the focus of a lot of ire after the Stanley Cup win, has really come out of his shell and proven that he was going to be a... Top, top three to top four defensemen in the league. Uh, we picked him up from Detroit, so I'm sure he felt good about that. Um, not much to say. Paul, you got anything on this? No, I mean, that just about covers it, I'd say. The only thing I will say is I hope that Bertuzzi continues his nice uh, scoring and hitting and contribution, contribution streak because I traded you three players for him in fantasy. Three fucking forwards for one Tyler Bertuzzi. This may be one of the biggest blunders in THP and fantasy hockey history. Yeah, I hope he gets real cold. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, fair enough. Hey. Fair enough. Um, there's no way. So I gave you, Caps fans, judge this, judge this trade. Erickson Eck, Verhage, Buchnevich. All three of them, I... I had a glut of forward depth. I, they were all playing on the same day. I had to move them and I had to get into like the Detroit schedule for Tyler Bertuzzi. 
Nobody else would fuck with me on this. Nobody else would 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 trade with me. Last ditch effort, I go Polly. You can drop Anders Lee. Went to a shitty college. He's really not even doesn't even belong in this 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 league. Uh, and you know you can. Okay, that's ridiculous. And <laughs> you know you can you can uh, you can ha- you can drop a couple guys. Ridiculously, I don't know why you dropped Orlov. I'm pretty sure he's already claimed. I'm going to claim him literally later tonight if you don't, if nobody does. Well, he just wasn't putting up all the same numbers as my other guys, my other defensemen. Fair enough. And you dropped him and he like goes off for like three points. <laughs> well, I, I think I think he was still on my roster for a couple of those because it took a few days to process. Uh, it's true. It's some weird thing. This is literally the first successful trade I've ever accomplished in – uh, fantasy hockey. Same. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, all right, moving on. Friday, Columbus Blue Jackets. It's a 4-3 win. Look, Columbus looks good. They came out and jumped on us. Punched us in the mouth. Up, uh, I believe, 2 nothing at one point. No, one. it was one nothing. Okay, one nothing. Uh, they, yeah, they got the first, but then uh, with the tying goal... Ovi went to 7:42, so that put him above Brett Hall after tying him earlier in the week. So he's now 25 away from Yager. Dude, what a goal that was too! Puck yeah. on. I don't even think that puck was like flat. He just got it. It doesn't matter for Ovi. I know he just got it and forced it into the net. He just doesn't give a shit. Um, good God, what a! And I mean, how do you? How do you leave Ovi that open? If I'm that defenseman playing on a two on one, I don't. I just let the other guy go. I just yeah, right. I just like grab onto. I just you know stick on one hand, go to Ovi and just just hug, bear hug him. <laughs> That's literally what I would do. I really don't think I would do anything else. Um, he'd still score. Oh, he would fucking. Not only that, he'd probably embarrass me physically. I'd probably be like yeah. on my back, like injured, <laughs> while he just yeah. like banks it, bangs it, Bardownski, like just ugh, ridiculous. He'd be like, "Get off me, child!" <laughs> right? He wouldn't even he wouldn't even extend an arm. He'd just like shake, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, shake really hard, and I'd be like, "Ah!" and like fly off in the boards. Um, so Ov seven forty two, so sick. Uh, Garnet Hathaway puts in two quick goals in this game to put us at, I mean, dude was working on a natural hat trick. Love to see it. And these were not slouch goals. These were not like weird rebounds, uh, hard garbage goals. One was a breakaway, which just beat a guy, beat the goalie, Corpusalo. And the other was, uh, trying to recall it now. Well, he got one from Ovi. Yeah, it was like an outside shot, I believe. Um, but all good stuff. And then, so it's 3-3 going late into the third, and it's kind of like Capstans are just sitting here biting their nails. Like, are we really going to go into overtime and lose because we haven't won a single fucking overtime decision or overtime game in this season, this very young season? Uh, are we really going to go to overtime and lose to Columbus? And me, of course, I'm like, oh, well, there's, there's fucking Polly's one overtime loss. 
And I'm like, God damn it. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> I think it's either Orlov or Justin Schultz to Shiri from no angle. And Shiri bar Corpusalo into the net. I mean, a minute and 30 left. Amazing stuff. It was a good game overall. Columbus cannot be cannot be slept on, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I think the only the only negative for them is that they're in the Metro. You put them exactly. in any other division, and they've got a real chance at the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be able to get there this season in the Metro, but I think they're gonna they're gonna cause a lot of problems, and definitely going to be something to watch the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I agree that they're not, you know, you know, and they've they did the whole. Um, Line A for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I don't know how Line A has been doing, to be completely honest. But when it comes to – What's that? He's hurt right now. Right, okay. So I thought he was hurt. The thing is, though, is that they're a quick young team. And they, I, th- I think they confuse a lot of defenses with the way that they're deployed. I mean, it's everybody go. Like, it's it's very – everybody's on the puck. Um, we're going to rely on our athleticism to really carry this team. Uh, so the structure of a lot of teams can be kind of messed with there. I don't think you should sleep on Columbus. I was impressed by their gameplay, to be completely honest. I think that they are not a team to watch in the Metro. And whether it be them just being like a piece of coal morphed into a diamond and the pressure of the Metropolitan Division or whether they're just that good and being buried by or overshadowed by all the other powerhouses in the Metro. I have no idea either. But one thing you I can say is that you can't sleep on Columbus, uh, but I don't think that they're going to reach the highest highs in which they they yearn for. <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, the no, I get you. Out. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, but no, they're gonna they're gonna be trouble. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely the team that you can't take lightly when you go to Columbus, which we're gonna have to again. So, look out for them, captains. I would not be surprised if we took an L from them, embarrassingly, uh, this season. Now let's talk about the highlight of the week, which was tonight. It's one o'clock in the morning. Nobody's looking at our live stream. They'll probably fucking check it out later. You fucking cowards. Listen to us live. Um, joking. I don't care. As long as you look at the video. That's cool. Um, dude, Sunday, the 14th versus Pittsburgh. I, I, this was just taken the dog out back and chain him to the post and whipping him. I mean, this was not even close. This was absolute waffle stomp throttling, whatever, whatever. I mean, I don't have enough adjectives in which I can throw in or, or, or parables in which I can throw in to say like how badly we kicked the shit out of Pittsburgh. Tune in Thursday. If you would like, we had Nick Horwat on, we talked all about it, rubbed it in his face, and laughed at him about how his shitty team got their absolute asses beat by the Washington Capitals. Uh, love you, Nick, but thanks for being a great sport. But check that out. He's from the Tip of the Iceberg on the Hockey Podcast Network, one of the best uh, 
pin pins podcasts that there are if if you can you know it's a low it's a low mark to stumble over but you know they're doing it <laughs> I love those guys <laughs> yeah yeah Paul I mean what do you got here I mean okay look we had six yeah. goals six okay. different goal scores um Ovi had two assists Kuznetsov had a goal a point and a power play point I know that because I had him on my fantasy Martin yeah. Ferriari young defenseman who we can't say enough about how good this kid is scoring goals scored a goal um I believe that was a sh- was that the shorthanded one yeah it was scores a shorthanded goal as a rookie uh is absolutely just in everyone's shit. Martin Ferriari was everywhere in the first period. He was like omnipotent. Yeah, man. He was like a pissed off hornet. Yeah, he was just yeah. everywhere, all over him. Um you know, Wilson made a nice play getting the puck up there, sending it over to him. I uh I think Fev- uh Ferriari could be someday maybe a somewhat of a John Carlson. But maybe good at defense. Yeah. <laughs> no shade on on Carly. But, I mean, this play develops by Wilson just like right over left, three right over left crossovers that just burns the rest of the pack. I mean, he just creates separation so quickly. And a guy that, that size just barreling down on you has got to be not only startling but scary for anybody, any defenseman that's just like, you know, Doing a couple like light crossover as a little push push on each side to come back. You're like, holy fuck, where did the where did how did this play happen? I mean, Willie picks this up and then it's just like boom, he's gone. Yeah. Creates a separation on the power play. They have a power play. We're shorthanded. Sends it over. Perfect pass. Just tees it up. Amazing. Mwah. Chef's kiss for sure. Hathaway gets his third in two games and a great pass from Ovi. I mean Ovi fakes the slapper and just nice little snap pass over. Um, Hathaway, probably one of the easiest goals of his career, but beautiful nonetheless. The lone goal came from the Penguins in the first period, I believe. From Yeah, it was uh, within the last two minutes of the first. Yeah, from Gunsel. And then at this point, you're like, okay, well... Let's see what's going to happen with the Penguins and the Caps. But then the Caps come out in the second period and absolutely just destroy. And then in the third period, they destroy again. I mean, it was two goals every period. Um, so Spronger, Shiri, Kuznetsov, Wilson, again, you know, w- remaining goals. Love to see the, um, the, the reformed Pins players score on Schittsburg, right? Yeah. Re- reformed. You know, as if like... Uh, you know, someone who left like a cult. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, so. I just watched Black Widow last night, and it's like the the Black Widows that got the serum to 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 break their ridiculous and terrible brainwashing that I'm sure the penguins also do. I like that. Yeah, um, you know, but you know, Shiri looking good. Shiri had a really rough start. Not a lot of points putting on the boards. He looked small, which he is. He's a small guy, uh, you know, which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. But at the same time, he looks small. And generally, Shiri does not look like a small guy. He looks like a speedy guy. Spronger, mm-hmm. on the other hand, finding his stride, 
you know, this he's generally been been on the breakaway, but he can finish a play. That's good. We love to see it. Um, Ovi's third in points after this game, twenty six and second in goal, twenty six points. Or is that points, Polly? Is twenty six points? Yeah, he's third in points, twenty six. Second in goals with twelve, and he and Kuzi are each in uh, third most assists with fourteen. Bro, they've played fourteen games. Fifteen. Yeah, it's games. pretty good. That's crazy. Ovechkin has never had this great of a start in his entire career. Let that sink in. It's not. The ageless wonder of Ovechkin. Only, uh, they showed a graphic. Only one player has had a better start through this many games at age 36, and it was Lemieux. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable stuff. I mean, you know, you love to see the, the Caps come home and off of a a perfect road stand, come home, or road trip, I should say, come home, start the ro- the home stand off with an absolute shellacking of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I think that indicate that, you know, things are looking good for next week, man. Um, so, Ovi goals this week. Paul, you had three. I had two. How many did you have? Uh... I think it was two. So I'm literally, I think it was two, two. Um, because it was, all he needed was two to break Hole's record. And I yeah. said he was just going to break it. Yeah, he didn't score tonight. And he didn't score. In Detroit. Again. Yeah, Detroit. But he scored in Columbus and Buffalo. Yeah. And I said we'd go 4-0. Yeah, you uh, you swept this completely. I've never been wrong in my life, Polly. Oh my god! This is <laughs> <laughs> this is just a continuation of that streak. Um, what a week, Capstones. I mean, look, Polly, you had us at two, one, and one. And honestly, if you were a pussy. And you were, you know, being very conservative. That would be the very conservative, moderate way to go. If you're hardo like me, and maybe a little bit psycho on this shit, you would have said four and zero. I was right. Who knows? You know, fortune favors the bold. They say. Um, you though did say that he was going to score one more goal. I was more conservative on that. I figured it would need to be a team effort because it's a road. You know, you're on the road three out of four games, and then you have Pittsburgh coming home. I knew the team would would have to really step up in big ways. And, you know, to no surprise, I was absolutely right, 100% infallible. Yeah, that's it, man. There's two infallible humans in the world, the Pope and Hockey Troll. (laughs) Hockey Pope. Uh, I should make another one. I should just change my my name to Hockey Pope. I kind of like it. <laughs> uh, so, good shit, man. I mean, what are our next games? So, what are our so next games? We're going out games? west. Okay. Uh, we're, we're going out west, and it's going to be a couple back-to-backs. We're going to oh. go 
Tuesday to Anaheim, Wednesday to LA, and then Saturday in San Jose, and Sunday with the first ever matchup with the Seattle Kraken. Wow. So, man, those road trips are tough. I want to say 4-0 again. But All right. I'm going to go no. I'm going to go 3-1. and one. Well, I'm glad I typed it so you can't think I'm copying you. Cause you did. I just I, saw it. I, you, know, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm going to go 2-1-1. One, and one. Ooh. Yeah, I'm first, first foray into the overtime loss bracket. And just for posterity, I would like everybody to know that I think that I'm going to be wrong. I think Polly is going to be more right if we don't go undefeated. I think Polly is going to be more right. But, you know, I don't think that I should put out that karma right now into into the stratosphere. Um, OV goals, though, I'm thinking he's going to score four. I'm going to go three again. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think he's got four this this time. You know, it's L.A., it's San Jose, it's Anaheim. You know, Troy Terry, though, uh, you know, I put out a tweet and I was like, <laughs> did you see the tweet that I put out? It was like, it's this time in the season where all of your hockey all of your hockey uh, lineup in fantasy is injured. You start picking up people that you've never heard of. And if they work out, you start dusting off your resume and, and sending it to all of the all of every single hockey club to see if they'd for for the GM job. Yeah. Guess who I've picked up during that tweet? Who? Troy Terry. Who literally has not stopped scoring. He had two points tonight, I think. I still lost my fucking fantasy one matchup, which is bullshit. But I lost four to five. By literally, I lost on a category of 45 hits to 46 hits and... My GAA and save percentages were not good, but I but I won overall on goalie matchups. And I could have if I would have scored one more goal, if my fucking team would have scored one more goal, I would have at least tied it. Look at this matchup, dude. I mean I'm just one iota away from winning. Here, let me tell you about my week. Yeah. Nine nine to one. <laughs> wow. The Just... only the only category I didn't win was goals. Interesting. Well, I'm sure that Bertuzzi trade's gonna hurt you. <laughs> uh, maybe. So I mean... how many how many games did you play? Like how many games played did you have in the matchup? I had fifty five. Fifty three. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Wow. Okay. He had 41, so I probably would have lost if he had more games. Yeah, see, that's the problem. And see, this is what hockey fantasy is all about, is just optimiz- optimizing your roster so that you can get as many games played and as possible. So, there you go. That's why you don't that's why you don't go east heavy, west heavy. You got to, you got to, you know, got to mix it up. I've yet to win a Hockey league. The only thing I've ever won when it comes to gambling on hockey is that 
the one so I I obviously picked the Caps to win a cup every year and in 2018 they won and everybody had them like out so far out that they had no idea and I won like 50 yeah, bucks yeah that was the year that they thought they've missed all their chances exactly yeah the window was quote unquote closed but whatever haters gonna hate <laughs> All right, everybody's tired. We've droned on long enough. Paul, you have anything else? Um, all the – well, just a real quick update. PHF. There were mm. two games this week. Okay. Um, hold on. I I went to the wrong website. Okay. Um, I think I know what happened, but I just want to be sure all right. before I put it out on the air – um. It, so there were only two games this week. It was the Connecticut Whale against the Boston Pride, and the teams split actually. So Boston won four to three on Saturday, and Connecticut won three to one on Sunday. So the New England matchup. Ended up in uh, 50-50. And next week, we'll have another full slate. Everyone's back in action. So, uh, you know, you can go to ESPN Plus, and you can watch them live, or they archive every game. I was watching uh, during this week in spurts when I had time. I was watching Connecticut – or not Connecticut, um, Boston – against Minnesota. So, nice. you know, if you don't watch the games live, you can watch the replay and support women's hockey. Boom. Support women's hockey. All right. Well, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. If you're new, uh, this is generally not how long we run, but, you know, we've been drinking. Well, I've been drinking, and that's how I have things to. go. Oh, okay. We've both been drinking. Polly just looks tired. I'm just drunk. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Until check us out, check us check out our our episode on Thursday when we interview Nick Horwat and literally grill him about the the Pittsburgh Penguins and if it's real, if it's not. I mean, if this is just a slump or if this is a pervasive problem. I think that honestly, there's more questions in our answers in his in his ballpark, and uh, I love it. So, Captions, until Thursday and then maybe even next week, Hockey Troll Poly Cupcake signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.